Good morning, everyone. It's so joyful to be with you this morning and see so many of you across our community. Um, so as you've already heard, today is the last Sunday before we enter the Lenten season. And Lent is coming very early this year in comparison to other years. It feels like we've just finished Advent season. And many of us may have some feelings and associations with Lent. It's like, oh, now, now there's this and now we have to do this. And it might feel heavy or it might feel like we have to do things or we have to do more spiritual exercises. We have to have less fun. Uh, we have to give up chocolate. Many people do that in, in, in the world, um, giving up something. And so it can feel daunting and it can feel heavy and difficult. And so as I was feeling into it this um, yesterday, into Lent coming and also what to give this morning, I felt the complete opposite. I felt an opening. I felt this beautiful container that can hold us in this Lenten season. I felt the love of this opportunity to be with our beloved, with Jesus, with God, with the divine, our beloved, which is the purpose of Lent, of the passion story of Jesus. Jesus has come into this earth to shift patterns away from the eye for an eye and the heaviness of, of karma and to instead bring love and forgiveness. And so as Lent is the period of us drawing close to Jesus and walking this path with Jesus, this is also a period in which mercy and love reign supreme. It is a period in which we can really explore and allow ourselves to draw close. So I have a very short reading for this morning which is from the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 9. And it seems at first glance to have nothing to do with Lent coming, but I invite you to hear it like it is you encountering the divine. And then we'll talk about it. And the section starts in verse 9, and it is called The Call of Matthew. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth and said to him, follow me. And Matthew got up and followed Jesus. And as Jesus sat at dinner in the house, many tax collectors and people called sinners came and were sitting with Jesus and the disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to the disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But hearing this, Jesus said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have come to call not the righteous, but the sinners. And that is the passage for this day. And I will read Jesus' answer again. So the Pharisees, when they saw this, they said to the disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But hearing this, Jesus said, Those who are well 
have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners. So in this passage, there is, in a way, all of Jesus's mission condensed into these few lines and into the situation. So the situation is that Matthew, who at least many people believe, will, will, is actually the author of the Gospel of Matthew. He is a tax collector, and tax collectors at that time were not considered very well, very highly regarded. They were considered to be in line with the Roman authorities, they're collecting taxes for the Romans, so they're in line with the oppressors and they're kind of corrupted, like acting on behalf of the oppressors, but they were also often thought to enrich themselves and charge a tax on the tax and just like, because of the power that they had, um, take advantage in, of, the, of the people and enrich themselves. And so that is why he is considered by the Pharisees, by the religious, the Jewish religious authorities, he is considered a sinner. So Matthew is just sitting there doing his business. We don't know anything whether he actually did that, enriched himself. He is just doing his profession. He's doing his job. He's going about his everyday life. And right in the middle of his everyday life, Jesus comes. And Jesus says, come follow me. So that is the call of Jesus. And it's almost cinematic in this little vignette. We fast forward. So Matthew follows him. And then we are at the scene at in Matthew's house, having dinner with Jesus, with the disciples, with lots of other sinners, lots of other tax collectors. So we can imagine that ourselves, right? We have lots of friends among our in our work life, in our professions, our neighbors. They tend to do similar things that we do. And so Matthew invites them. And there's Jesus and the disciples. Now, inviting somebody into our home is a very personal thing. There is no privacy. Maybe we have a big home and we can keep some chambers closed. But it sounds like he invites a lot of people. And the disciples are 12 already. So Matthew really opens his home, his house, and allows everybody in. And above all, allows Jesus, whom he has just met, into his home. And symbolically, the home, the house, stands, if we take this mystically apart and say each part of these in the story, each character and each aspect of the story, stands for something in our own life and our being as a lesson. Symbolically, the house, the home, stands for our being, our body. So... Matthew allows Jesus into his most private realm. There's nothing he can hide. And he even invites more of his friends who are considered sinners. So he's not hiding the fact that in the world he's considered a sinner. And he's opening every part of his home to all these people. In the, in the Gospel of Luke, we have a similar story with a man called Levi. And there it's called actually a great banquet. So not only is he inviting in Jesus and the disciples into his most private space, 
where many people would say he holds the secrets of he is a sinner, the, the riches that he has amassed, everything will be seen. There's no hiding anymore. But he also celebrates, he holds a feast, he hosts a dinner in honor of Jesus and a banquet. So that is something to be enjoyed, a banquet, a feast. So my invitation is, what if we consider the Lenten season as an invitation to feast with Jesus? An invitation and an opportunity to invite Jesus into our homes, into our most private space, our being, our body, our soul, our heart, our emotions, our minds, our thinking, everything and hold no secrets and even invite our friends, even invite those parts that might be despised, that we might feel bad about, the parts that we're not so sure about, the doubts. Invite all those along with Jesus to have a feast, to draw close, a feast in the Translation from the Greek, back then they would sit and recline on chairs. They wouldn't sit on chairs like we do today. So there is a certain intimacy and familiarity with the people that you hold a feast in those days. What if we had that intimacy with Jesus? We reclined in our being, in our chairs. We relaxed. We sat back and enjoyed and opened up, relaxed, every part of our being to Jesus. And then the next part in the story is that the Pharisees come and say, oh, 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 here, what are you doing? Those are bad people. Why Jesus, divine, the one who claims to be divine, why are you hanging out with those people? And Jesus gives the teaching and says, precisely condenses his mission. I have come not for the healthy, but for the sick. I have brought, I'm bringing healing. And then he cites a passage that um, I found very resonant um, going into Lent because Lent often is associated with sacrifices. And in this community, we do have a very rich offering of spiritual exercises during this Lenten season. Um, if you want to um, if you want to participate, you can do as much as you want. Um, Novice Christie already mentioned the program is up on Kajabi. Those who have participated in the past, it's for free. The dates have been adjusted. It's all up there. And those who have not participated before, feel free to email us. We can give you the link. Um, and so we have meditations for every day, every morning, every midday, every evening. And then we have a number of kind of staggered practices that you can participate in as much as you want to. There's forgiveness work, letting go. There is sacrifices if you want to take them on. However, Jesus speaks in this passage about sacrifices and that's what I want to draw attention to in the second part. He says, have you not understood the teaching? It is written, I desire Mercy, not sacrifices. So what does that mean? So I went down the rabbit hole and checked on the quotation, and the quotation is one from Hosea, who is one of the 12 so-called minor prophets in the Old Testament. 
He was a prophet who lived in the 8th century before Christ. And he has he was given prophecies basically to preach to the Israelites and Judeans to mend their ways and to reflect back on what God really wants and who God is and to not go by the outward signs and all the rites, but really tune into the message of love. And so the passage in Hosea is, um, I desire faithful love and not sacrifice. The knowledge of God instead of entirely burned offerings. So this is God speaking to, through his prophet Hosea. I, God, I, Jesus, desire faithful love and not sacrifice. I desire the knowledge of God instead of entirely burned offerings. Now the sacrifices and offerings they speak about here are those that were common in the Old Testament and common in, in, in Jewish practice at the time, which is to take animals, doves and lambs and sacrifice them and burn them and thereby offer something to God and offer your love, also offer something of your riches, right? It, it costs money, like livestock is, is, is your food. It's expensive. So to offer something for the sake of God and burn that. And I find it striking in Hosea, it says entirely burned sacrifices. So entirely burned, like there's nothing left. So instead of burning something that's not even really ours, God, Jesus, they desire mercy and they desire knowledge of God. Knowledge of God. And so that is our invitation for this Lenten season. If we just sacrifice for the sake of sacrificing, if we just do the exercises for the sake of doing them, they get burnt. They don't have anything to offer. We kind of miss the point. Instead, it is about mercy. Jesus calls, Jesus cites this passage to call for mercy upon one another, right? Mercy on the sinners. He has come as the healer for sinners, for those who need res absolution, resolution, who need healing, who need the message of love. And that starts with mercy for one another and mercy for ourselves. So I invite you to enter into this Lenten period with the desire to be merciful to yourselves. Feel out in mercy, in love, what is it that you desire, that you hope and wish for this Lenten period. And know that it is a period of, close, of drawing close to Jesus inviting him in and you are allowed, you're invited to invite Jesus in for a feast, to recline with Jesus, to celebrate with Jesus. And it is a season also as we prepare for spring. We are still in winter. We'll have a snowstorm here on the East Coast coming on Wednesday. So we are still in winter. It's still cold. We can invite the fire of the love in this season as we are gradually opening with the outward season to more light, more warmth. And by springtime, it will be Easter. It will be the resurrection. So remember that whatever it is, wherever you are in your life, in the middle of your life as a tax collector, there is Jesus. 
And wherever you are in your inner being, on your inner journey, whatever you need, there is Jesus. And whatever you desire, what you long for, there is Jesus. And you can invite Jesus into everything. And if nothing else, you can look at the Lenten season as an invitation to draw close to Jesus, to celebrate, to feast with Jesus. Which might be the opposite of fasting, of letting go. It might be taking on loving kindness to yourself, loving kindness to our neighbors, loving kindness to this person that is so difficult in our job. Loving kindness to the way that we eat, to the way that we lead our life, to the way that we sleep, to the patterns of our life. In everything, we can draw close to Jesus. And if we do the meditation three times a day, we can feast with Jesus in the middle of our day, just like Matthew does in this reading. So that is my invitation to you as we enter this week and as we enter Lenten period. And um, if you have any questions, email any of us ministers. If you have questions about the Kajabi program. And also, if, you, if you're interested in this, another recorded meditation by Novice Christi, uh, sorry, Novice Catherine on relaxing into the Lenten season and kind of working on our inner obstacles. So if you're interested in another meditation, let us know and we can send that up too. So blessings as you prepare to feast with Jesus. And we will now move into a different feast, which is the communion, which is another way of drawing close to Jesus and Mary to allow their energy into our homes, into our beings, to invite them in and relax into their energy and love. Blessings to you. Amen.